Designed by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the leading interior design and home pro digital marketing agency. We know it works so you don't have to. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey kids, and welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, interior decorator, Darla Powell. And today's guest is none other than Liz Potterazu of LP & Co., an interior design firm, and full disclosure, a Wingnut Social client. She has been in business three years, and she's pushing a million bucks this year. And where does she get all of her clients? I guess you're going to find out. But hint, spoiler alert, she's a Wingnut Social client, and we do social media marketing for our interior design clients, so... You could probably put two and two together, but we'll get to that. But before I get into my talk with her, you guys know the drill. I got to tell you a little bit about her. Liz Potterazu is the CEO and principal designer of LP & Co., a residential and commercial office interior design firm. Liz started her career in New York City in B2B sales before earning an MBA in San Francisco and pivoting into corporate marketing. Interior design is a second career for Liz, right? Like a lot of us, one filled with passion and purpose. Liz resides in Potomac, Maryland, right outside of Washington, D.C., with her husband and three young children. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Liz Potterazu to the show. Hey there, Liz Potterazu. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. And I have to say, you look stunning. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you really put yourself together for this show. And if you guys haven't subscribed to a design by Wingnut Social on our YouTube channel, you need to run over there and just see how gorgeous Liz is right here for this silly little podcast. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. Of course. Well, I'm a big fan of any kind of statement blazer. That's kind of my, <laughs> that's my shtick. So you're killing it. You're killing the yellow. <laughs> you're killing the yellow blazer. So uh, full disclosure, Liz Potterazu. <laughs> that's quite the name. We'll we'll have to ask you what the origin is of that. Um, you're a Wingnut Social client, right? Yes. And you've been with us for about a year and a half now. Yeah. And w your work is so beautiful, and you're such a terrific client. I mean, you're 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 what we call an ideal client. You just kind of let go and let Wingnut and let us run your your social media for you. And you've had some really good success with that. And we're like, why the hell haven't we had her on the show yet? So here we go. Here's Here the remedy for that. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been in business only three years, right? Are yep. we going on three years? This is my third year. We're starting the third year. So this is February. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of that third year. Yeah, this is, can you believe it? It's already February of 2024. It was just Christmas, I, I think, wasn't I it? <laughs> well, and then January lasted for at least like three months, so. <laughs> yeah, it did, like half my life, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I love having guests like you on the show, because not only are you a client, and we're seeing the growth of your business and your success internally, myself and my team, but designers with that kind of success within uh, three years, I find incredibly inspiring, right, and motivating. And I think that your insight, into running an interior design firm because you do commercial and residential mm -hmm. can really help some of the listeners in the audience to glean from your experience and your advice. So we're going to dig into this conversation. But before we get in there, just tell us a little bit about how you started your firm um, a mere three years ago, what that looked like, and we'll dig in. Yeah. So my background started out of college in B2B sales um, in New York City. So got that kind of business development acumen going. Um, didn't really like it. So um, <laughs> ended up moving to San Francisco and I got an MBA and pivoted into marketing. 
Um, so I was working in marketing for Silicon Valley venture capital firm, um, and then moved back to Maryland, the Baltimore area, which is where I'm from, started doing some more financial services, marketing, product marketing, um, had kids and really took a step back from all of that. It just wasn't feasible for me to go back into the office nine to five. I had a husband that traveled three little ones. Um, and I started to think about, you know, if I could do anything, what could I do? What would I do? Um, and I've always loved design. It's always been something that I've loved doing for my own homes. Um, and I had the opportunity to actually design my in-laws house. So they were doing this entire gut renovation, adding this two-story uh, addition to it. And I said, yeah, I'll help. Why not? Um, and it ended up being something that I really fell in love with and really became like a marquee project. And I started posting about it on um, on Instagram sure. before I had Wingnut. And so it was very, you know, <laughs> didn't look so great as it does now. Um, but I started to pick up some clients that way. Um, and then it kind of just became a thing. And I'm like, all right, I'm in business now. Um, and what I've really learned here is that like all of those experiences that I had prior to starting this interior design for firm has allowed me to really kind of, uh, make that success go a lot more quickly than usual. Maybe. That's right. I forgot that you had a marketing background. So that's, that's amazing. That makes it super amazing that you hired us to do your Instagram and you've been with us for so long. So I guess we're doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for that. And also I have to say you're incredibly brave, for taking on a project for your in-laws because <laughs> <laughs> right and thank god it went well because yeah. Woof. <laughs> no that's true yeah yeah well i will say like yeah i'm, I'm a risk taker by nature so you know that was a risky move but i did it <laughs> <laughs> but it paid but it paid off right it and did. so you did that right and a lot of interior designers have entered the decorating and design business similarly, right? We They've done their own homes or projects for friends. They find they have an innate talent and it just kind of, they kind of fall into it almost kind of accidentally, right? So talk, talk to me about that process of just what, of deciding to do it, you know, for money, you know, to go and how oh, this worked out really well. I'm going to start a professional interior design firm because there's a lot of steps from doing that for the in-laws to having a full-fledged firm. Yeah, absolutely. I think when I decided that this was something I really had a knack for and I was really enjoying myself, you know, because I have that business background, I threw myself into the learning. So education and learning has been probably the most crucial thing that, again, has sort of springboarded my success. Um, so I threw myself into learning SketchUp, into learning Chief Architect, started taking um, interior design classes through the New York School of Interior Design. Nice. Um, and this was all like happening, you know, in the evenings, whenever I could kind of fit it in. Um, and then as I started to get more success and understand what these business models are looking like for interior design, I just started charging people and, and learning that way. Um, so it's been a lot of research. It's been a lot of like del delving into the interior design Facebook groups and networking sure. with other designers in the area and kind of learning by other people's mistakes, um, yeah. which I think has been super helpful for me. So a lot of interior decorators, designers will start their own firm without the professional education side, right? You you mentioned it. you went to the interior design school, you took the courses in SketchUp. How important do you think that was as far as impacting your business? You know, as far as the product that you put out, how you're running your business, do you think that you could have done it without that? I probably could have, but I don't think that my confidence would be where it is now. 
because there is a lot of technical skill that's involved in interior design. Like, yes, of course we have the eye and there is that innate talent there, but having that technical skill and being able to do those construction documents so that I can provide those to the contractors that I'm working with, that kind of gives me instant legitimacy. Mm -hmm. Um, and also makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing by my client. So for me, having those skills were really crucial. Sure. Could you pass without it? But yeah. I don't think it's the greatest way to, to go about it. I, I agree. And I respect that. And I, when I had my firm, I didn't have any professional education. Um, I started to enroll and then I started to get clients and I didn't have time to do it. And what I did was I hired people who did have the education. And I have a lot of people saying, hey, you know, I want to start my own design firm. Uh, I saw that you went and you didn't have any professional uh, training in it. Would you recommend that I do that or not? I always say yes. If you can and you have the time, I, I definitely recommend that you get the professional education to to move forward. It just gives you, if you can and you have the time to do it, it, it makes it makes sense, right? You should do it. I think you should do it. Um, but on the other hand, there are a lot of really successful decorators who don't. But, you know, the workaround is to hire people who do like I did as well. So, so your mileage may vary, but I, I applaud that. So while you were going to interior design school and, and learning all these courses, were you also working with clients or no, you wanted to do all that first and then, then go? Uh, no, I was definitely a little bit of learn by fire and mistakes and figuring <laughs> it out on the job. And then also, yeah. you know, supplementing with, uh, with the the actual skills needed. Um, and a lot of just like practicing, um, you know, I have ADHD, so I can hyper focus <laughs> on that stuff sometimes. And yeah. <laughs> um, and I will be singularly focused. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, 10 PM, I was playing in SketchUp. So that's kind of how I <laughs> made it work. Yeah. I get complaints from my wife all the time. She's like, can I, it's after five o'clock. Can we not talk about the business? <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. I have to. I have to. <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's a very difficult boundary to learn. Okay. So <laughs> professional development besides the, the school and the SketchUp and the chief architect by chief architect, man, I, I hired someone to do that. God bless you. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else have you done that you think has made a, an impact on a professional way as far as continuing education, et cetera, in the success? of your firm? Yeah. So I've done the standard with Sandra Funk. Um, Amazing course. I've taken that. Yeah. um, That was very comprehensive. Um, Mm -hmm. I did design for construction with Jenny Slingerland, which is through Luann University. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done renovation management for interior designers with Renee Beery. Um, I've done a little bit of pricing work with Cheryl Clendon and Keys. Um, so there has also been, and then also just some other SketchUp and Chief Architect courses that I've taken here and there. Um, so I really have continued to understand not only the technical skills, but also the business background that goes into interior design, because we do have a really complicated business model. Sandra Funk's The Standard, I took that pretty early on. It was It's a little overwhelming. I don't mm-hmm. know if she's pared down at all. Probably not. It's probably even more so. But it's packed with so much information. She's a good friend of mine, too. I'll have to tell her she's in the show. And she has a <laughs> shout out. And Luann Nigera, of course, Luann Niver- uh, University uh, is Luann Nigera's uh, well-designed business over there, if you guys check that out. And uh, Cheryl Keys Clendenin has been on the show as well. She is a business coach. And what was the other one you mentioned? I'm not familiar with, with her. Uh, Renee Beery. So it's Devane. Devenier Design. Uh, Devenier. Devenier. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Renee Bieri. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. I am familiar with her. And I'll let you refresh my recollection. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. So uh, can I ask you at the three-year point, what is the scale of your firm? Like how are you, how busy are you? What does your team look like? So I am 
very busy. <laughs> right now I am a solopreneur, although hopefully very soon wow. that's changing because yeah. I'm kind of at a, a point where I can't take anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do outsource. So, uh, like we talked about earlier, I run all my social media through Wingnut social, which is, oh my God, such a blessing. Like I just have that taken off my plate. Cause that's such a bear. And even like, you know, for a mental health it, like situation, like it is good to be off Instagram if you're an interior designer, especially when you're new. Yeah. Um, so that is a huge, you know, just weight off of my plate. So that is, that is farmed out. Um, I have a PR person, um, you know, obviously accountant. Um, I have a virtual assistant that I work with. So nice. I do try to farm some of that stuff out for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of at a point where I definitely need to have somebody come on board. Um, but in terms of, so I do both commercial and commercial office, only commercial office and mm-hmm. residential. Um, and I think, you know, this year I should be at about like the million dollar revenue mark. So, you know, we're, wow. I'm, I'm After growing. three years. Mm-hmm. Wow. And where you find your, you're getting most of your clients or referrals. Where, where are they coming from? Um, definitely Instagram. So thank you, Wingnut. <laughs> <laughs> you're very welcome. That, that makes my heart happy to yeah. hear. I um, love it. And then in terms of the, and then also just word of mouth, um, has been helpful. Um, also other designers. So I created a little mastermind group of local interior designers and we try to meet, you know, every six weeks or something. We kind of took a big hiatus (laughs) during the fall, Um, but we're, we're starting back again this Friday. Um, but I've had an interior designer, you know, refer me a project that Mm -hmm. she was too busy to do. So, um, that's another avenue. And then the commercial side is me kind of like hitting the pavement and trying to talk to, uh, commercial real estate people. Um, Mm -hmm. and then also that's, that's word of mouth too. I love that. Well, you're a little bit of a hustler too. You know, what else is great for commercial is LinkedIn is going Mm -hmm. in and, you know, making those connections with LinkedIn. We have a lot of clients on, are you on LinkedIn with us? I I, I am. Yeah. But I haven't done too much. Yeah, no, I am. I just haven't done too much of it, which that is something I need to, once I have some help, then I can start to explore some of those other things. I I know our primary channel for you has been Instagram. So, but LinkedIn as well, is that something we should talk to Alexandria about? Yeah. Is is, uh, beefing up your LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Okay. So professional development, of course, is very important because we want to make sure that when we're designing homes for our clients or you're doing commercials, commercial spaces, especially there's so many codes and everything that you have the knowledge to do right by your clients, as you said before, but let's talk a little bit about your, your personal development and how it's impacted your business because you're very driven, right? And we've talked about, you have ADHD and sometimes those work-life boundaries kind of can get in the way because we're so focused, right? We're so driven with that. So tell me how you've learned to balance that with your personal development. Yeah. So I think the personal development has almost been a necessary thing that I've done in part because, because of the ADHD, I think that I've needed to kind of figure out ways to be more productive and to not hyper-focus so much and to, you know, be able to do all the things that a business owner does. Mm-hmm. Um, but the personal development has really just been able to shift mindset. Um, and shifting mindset has made such a huge difference in the way that I approach my business, the way that I approach clients, the way that I approach pricing, Mm -hmm. um, and just the way that I approach what I think I'm going to be when I grow up in terms of an interior (laughs) designer. Um, so yeah, I mean, personal development for me is, I mean, also I just, I, I love that stuff so much. I think it's really interesting. I'm like a big self-help book junkie. Me too. Um, but, but yeah, to me, that's, that's everything. So tell me, tell me about that. I'd like to hear about what, steps you've made and what improvements you've made in your mindset? What was it, you know, at the beginning of the onset, what were you struggling with and what did you do and how has it improved? 
Yeah. So I think one of the first coaching things I did was with Mel Robbins, um, who also has a podcast. I love her. I think she's awesome. Um, she's a fellow ADHD -er, (laughs) -er, diagnosed late in life like me. Um, and I just find her to be incredibly inspiring. And I coached with her through a six week program that she, um, that she launched. And it was really just picking a project that you wanted to work on and using neuroscience, like backed habits and, and the way that you can actually approach the project, it was maybe like 15 minutes a day and Mm -hmm. being able to see the results in the 15 minutes a day, like moving forward, moving forward, I thought was just incredibly confidence boosting. Um, and I think really the, the learning to do hard things and the putting yourself in situations that are uncomfortable, like therapy, for example, therapy, I do every week. I find that to be incredibly important for self-reflection and also changing some of those mindsets, um, that I've had. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the confidence piece is probably the biggest mindset shift, you know, starting a business when you're in your late thirties or however old you are starting a second Mm -hmm. business that you don't know much about and throwing yourself into like, that's, that's imposter syndrome 101. Um, and learning to, to get that confidence is a huge game changer. You just launched your business on September the 1st. Yes. So yep. tell me how the, the Instagram for designers course has helped you with that and what kind of ROI you've, you've received from that already. Cause I, I think it's pretty, pretty big, right? It is. Yep. And I've had really great engagement since, um, launching my page and I've had a ton of leads come in and I've landed some pretty big projects for spring of 2024. And wow. I really don't think I would be here today if I didn't take this course. Wow. Yeah. That is in, yeah. That's insane. That is incredible. How many leads are you getting from Instagram? How, how is, you know, what does that look like for you on a weekly or monthly basis? One to two per week. Every single one of my leads have come from Instagram. There's so many things that I wouldn't have known to, you know, improve my search engine optimization on, on Instagram. So that is something that you struggled with in the beginning was having the confidence and the imposter syndrome. Well, can I do this? You know, we all struggle with that. Even now, you know, from time to time, we struggle with that. That's something you've seen a great improvement in. That's something that you struggled with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as a part of that, you know, I also have this wellness routine that um, (laughs) gets to be I'm basically putting myself in difficult situations in this kind of wellness in the name of wellness and, and which makes no sense, but basically I'm training myself to do hard things. And whenever we are doing hard things and we're finding success through the consistency, that's how we're building that confidence. And that's the same thing as a business. Like a business is a drudge. It's like a, you know, you're trudging like through mud a lot of the time and it's boring (laughs) and you have to be consistent and it's not all like, Oh, I'm just designing pretty things. And what's posted on Instagram. Like there's a lot behind it. That's hard. And there, you know, are slow down times where you are, the phone's not ringing and it's crickets and you need to have that confidence and that, uh, you know, wherewithal to know that I can get through this hard thing and I'm going to find success no matter what that looks like. We're, we're, we're creating and we're changing our brain. It's like neuroplasticity to, um, be able to look for the opportunities and, and feel confident that we can trust our intuition to take those risks. 
All right. So talk me through your wellness. What, what does that look like? What are some of the hard things? Um, so the hardest thing is when my alarm goes off in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> count, do you count to five and then hop out of bed? Like so I, Mel Robbins says. I, I do actually. So I've, I used to hit snooze all the time, but I would still wake up early, but I would hit snooze a million times. Same. And I, so I stopped hitting snooze. I wake up. It's so hard. It's so hard. I do lay there for like 10 minutes and like, get out of bed, get out of bed, get out of bed. But then I do the five, four, three, two, one. I sort mm-hmm. of slink myself out of bed. So I'm up around 5.15 really early. Um, and I do some sort of movement, whatever that might be. Usually it's a workout for mm-hmm. half an hour or so, or I sure. you know, do a little stretching or I dance like a weirdo in my room by myself, whatever it is to get my <laughs> body moving. Um, and then the hardest part is I do a cold plunge every morning. So I immerse myself in freezing cold water <laughs> oh my for about God. like four to five minutes. Um, and wow. it is awful for the first minute, but after you're out, it really is this like euphoria high feeling, um, once you're not freezing to death anymore. <laughs> I've heard that that increases your dopamine and your concentration. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I could do that though. Do you have one of those things at the house, like a cold plunge thing at the house? So I actually just ordered one. Um, it's in my basement right now. We're doing a <laughs> wellness room in my basement. That's going to have an infrared sauna and a cold plunge tub. Um, but they're, they have to wow. like tile it up and do all the construction um, in the basement, but I'll be revealing that on Instagram. If anybody wants to follow me along, <laughs> I'll look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I look for forward sure. to seeing that in the, uh, in our software management to see, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I can't even take a cold shower. I said, well, mainly because I listen to Andrew Huberman and he's like, yeah. take a cold shower and it spurs dopamine. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you can do it's, it. It's, you can do it. I promise. It is. That is a hard thing. Yeah. What's, what's another hard thing that you you force yourself to do in order to grow? I mean, I think it's really just the consistency piece. Like the consistency is the hard part. You know, mm-hmm. it's easy to feel motivated. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, we make some kind of resolution and we say, we're going to, you know, press forward and do that. But, but that wears off. And the, the hearing the alarm at five o'clock in the morning, that's, that's the hard thing. Um, I also try to force myself to go for walks, even if I'm crazy busy and get that sunlight in my eyeballs, like Huberman says. Yeah. um, Photons. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) and you know, therapy, that's hard work too. Um, really digging into understanding myself more and, you know, changing those mindsets. Um, so yeah, again, like just forging through with that wellness routine, those difficult things that builds the confidence. Now, you mentioned, of course, that you took Sandra Funk's The the Standard, and we talked a little bit about mindset. Um, How does that apply to your pricing, right? Because a lot of solopreneurs, especially women for some reason in this business, we really struggle with raising our rates, raising our pricing, and I know Sandra's huge on that. Did you struggle with that, and where are you at with that? Uh, I'd say in the beginning – I struggled a little bit. Also, I didn't have the chops. Like I didn't have the skill to back yeah. up what I yeah. was wanting to charge. So and that's I felt, a factor. Yeah, that is exactly. A factor. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. I think that that's mm-hmm. fair. I agree. Um, but I think as of late, um, one of the things that Cheryl uh, Clendenin says is I'm not pricing my value. I'm mm-hmm. worth a trillion bucks. What I'm pricing (laughs) is I'm pricing what I'm providing, like the product Mm -hmm. and the service that I'm providing. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you think about my clients who are mostly uh, successful business people who are too busy to deal with a renovation or too busy to deal with their company moving into a new office, I'm creating incredible value because 
they're not having to do any of it. They're not having to lift a finger while I'm taking on the entire project. And that is really invaluable. I mean, to be honest, I could probably be charging more than I'm charging at this point. Yeah, that's next, um, right? Yeah, exactly. That's next. So after this, I'm raising my rates. So thank you, Carla. <laughs> hey, anytime, anytime. Yeah. You know, Sandra's also big, Sandra Funk is also big on uh, flat rates. Have you incorporated that as well? Yeah, flat fee has okay. been something that I've done from the very beginning. Um, okay. I know as a consumer, I don't want to be billed hourly. Like, I don't want to see an invoice every week. That sucks. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I'm a flat fee all the way. So what did that journey look like? Because that, that takes a hot minute, especially if you've only been in business for two, three years. I, I don't know when you started to do that, to have the experience to know what the scope of a project is going to take in order to do a flat rate. How long did that take you to get a, get a handle on and what tips do you have for that? I mean, I'd say truthfully, I probably lost money in the beginning, especially because I was Same. slower, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. so also yeah. you get, you get better. Yeah. Um, so that helps, but I think it really is looking at what I did at the beginning was kind of try to estimate how many hours I think it's going to take to source this sofa or to, you know, source this tile or whatever it might be. And then just add like 20% to that. So whatever <laughs> it is, just add on that buffer. Um, and I think that that has been good. I know Sandra Funk does the square footage, um, which I kind of, I kind of double check using the square footage. So I have a, you know, a rate per foot um, that sure. I figured out based on what industry standard is in the Metro DC area and of uh, designers of, you know, very the same amount of experience. Um, so I kind of double check those off of each other and they usually end up being about the same. Nice. Yeah, that, that was a little bit of a learning curve for me for, with my firm. And we, what we ended up doing, because um, in the beginning, I didn't have enough experience to to do a flat rate as well. And probably I didn't pay attention in class like I should have with Sandra's <laughs> ADHD. Sorry, Sandra, I love you. Um, so we ended up going to a hybrid model. It was, you know, we had did a flat rate and then we made really sure that anything outside of the scope or anything that took extra long, you know, so many revisions that we charged hourly for kind of cover. Yeah. Yeah. So that that helped a lot for there. Okay. So you did mention before that you learned in the Facebook groups from other designers mistakes. So I know there's no way that you haven't made your own <laughs> in the three years that you've been here. And if you have, if you haven't, God bless you, but what mistakes have you made that you can share with us that the audience might uh, benefit from hearing so they can't, so they can avoid those. <sighs> I think one of the biggest mistakes is not doing due diligence around a vendor or a hmm. subcontractor that you use. Oh, um, yeah. I've been burned with a woodworker before where we were doing a window seat. It was completely off. Like the measurement was completely off. The client was pissed. Um, and, you know, I end up eating it in the, you know, financially so that I can yeah. have my contractor that I trust come out and fix it. Um, and you know, the doors weren't closing and shutting the way that they're supposed to, to, to work. And I think really me not doing that due diligence and making sure that I talk to other people that have worked with this woodworker before, cause I would have, I would have learned that if I would have yeah. done the, the due diligence behind it. Um, so yeah, working with a bad vendor, um, and not doing your research, that's definitely a way that I've gotten burned. Um, I mean, I've made mistakes on sizing of things before and, you know, had to eat that. I mean, I think that's probably pretty common in interior design. Um, mm. And I, I think I've made mistakes in maybe sometimes over-promising and potentially under-delivering, yeah. um, particularly as it relates to time frame and the pricing of what 
it's going to actually take to accomplish the vision of the room, um, which is something that I've gotten much better at. Um, And I also implement a minimum expenditure model um, and do Sandra Funk's exercise of kind of pricing out the project at the onset so the client knows what we're looking at. Um, I think that that really helps because it's always easy to say like, oh, your room's going to be $30,000. And it's like, actually, it's more like 90. So, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, yeah, those are the mistakes that I make. I'm feeling all of this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did all of that. We had a vendor with Darla Powell Interiors and I needed like um, uh, upholster and I needed it quick. And uh, this particular vendor happened to be available and did terrific work, but was a little, I don't know. Maybe not from this earth. (laughs) And it was a really bad overall experience. And if I had gone and maybe researched that vendor a little bit more, I could have avoided a lot of expense and tears. So, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. And and I for sure have been like, yeah, I think this timeline, you know, it could be done in this timeline, not having the experience, you know, in the beginning and and having to eat that too. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. So, you know, always – under promise and over deliver, right? Exactly. Yeah. Learn, learn my lesson for sure. <laughs> for for sure. sure. So Liz, is there anything that I have forgotten to ask you that you think the audience needs to hear before we get into the what up wingnut round? I would say that from my perspective, I know we talked a little bit about the personal development mm-hmm. and, and, and the professional development side of it, but professional development is obviously important. We want to get that foundation laid, But what's really important is to do that personal development on top of that so that you're thinking critically and you're able to build on that foundation based on you, because we are the business owner and understanding myself and my unique skill set and my unique quirks and my mindsets really helps to then sort of springboard off of those foundations that I've learned from the standard or for design for construction or whatever that might be. So learning about yourself so that you can think critically about that professional development that you're doing and make it tailored to your business. Amazing. Well said. Now, Liz Potterazu. I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? I've never been more ready. (laughs) What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Hashtag curious. I love that. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food forever. What is it? A caprese salad, but like with the burrata, you know, like the creamy mozzarella and then like Campari tomatoes and the olive oil and the salt and pepper. Oh, so good. (laughs) That's why you're in such great shape. (laughs) You're not saying pizza or hamburgers (laughs) or Debbie cakes. (laughs) God bless you. And last but not least, please recommend a book that's impacted you either personally or professionally. Um, so I used to teach yoga, um, back in my twenties and it makes sense. It does make sense. Um, as part of our yoga teacher training, we had to read this book called anatomy of the spirit by Caroline mice, M Y S S. Um, and it was really, really interesting. Um, it had to deal with our body systems and the chakras and how our mindsets and our emotional traumas and psychological stress can really start to create actual illness in our bodies. Hmm. Um, but then it also really tied in like Hinduism, um, Christianity and Kabbalah. Um, and it was just, it was really a fascinating way to look at our bodies and our minds and how everything is just so connected. That sounds amazing. I I would like to read that. What was the title again? It's called Anatomy of the Spirit. Anatomy of the Spirit. And Caroline Mice, M-Y-S-S. Caroline Mice, not the mouse, (laughs) but the mice. (laughs) Liz Potterazu, thank you so much for joining us. Please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you and LPN Co. And we'll call it a day. 
Thanks for having me. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at LP and co design. Uh, my website is www. I sound like an old person by saying that. I just said it out loud. <laughs> LP and co www. I grew up when we had AOL and it went, yeah, I did too. You logged yep. in. <laughs> so that's where you can find me. <laughs> Awesome. Liz, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being a wingnut client. You're so inspirational. And I know that the audience is like, I'm going to be Liz when I grow up, when we figure out when we figure out what yes. we're going to be when we grow up, right? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, kids, I certainly hope that you were inspired by Liz's story just as I was. And if you're kicking around starting your own interior design firm that some of her um, information and journey has been helpful to you in the course of action to take and, you know, that fits you and suits you for sure. And if you're interested in getting clients from your Instagram marketing or your social media marketing like Liz does, who is a wingnut social client again, head on over to wingnutsocial.com and click that little let's chat and let's see how we can work together to help you grow your brand as well. Um, Liz, we're so proud of you and what you've managed to accomplish in a short three years. And thank you so much for being a wingnut social client. We we absolutely love you. You're, you're an ideal client for sure. Let go and let wingnut is what we like to say. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Again, wingnutsocial.com. If you need help with marketing your interior design firm on the socials, it is a bear. It is a lot. It's a it's a huge job. And to have that off your plate is a, is a great relief. And to have it done well and not to worry about it helps you to focus on the big picture, the being the rainmaker, just like Liz did. Okay. Remember until next time to get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. We'll see you next time. You've reached the end of this episode of designed by wingnut social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business. The wingnut way head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. Hey kids, and welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, what is my name? <laughs> Interior design is a second career for Liz. I'm sure some of you can relate to that out there. One filled with passion and purpose. She resides in, Pota in Potomac. Potomac? I feel schmutzy. All right, guys. Uh, <clears throat> I already said that's it for next week. Good boy, Mango.